All right, welcome back. Episode 26 of Catching a Buzz. Uh, today is Friday, October 16th of the year 2020, this awful, terrible year. But we got sports, so we're going to talk. Um, we're going to start off with the, <laughs> as Whitey takes his sniff from the, the good old, uh, what, what is the, what's the real name for those things? <clears throat> First aid grade ammonia inhalants off Amazon. Okay. I would not have guessed that. What's like, do they have like a chemical name on there or no? Or is it just, a uh, let's see here. Either way, they're smelling salts. Yeah. I mean, it's We're trying to educate the listeners though. Uh, no, it's just an aromatic stimulant for external use only. All I know is if I was unconscious, that the, that would wake me the fuck up. Oh, yeah. No, it would give me... I, I mean, that's what they used to be used yeah. for. Now it's then just, they realized snapping your head around when you're concussed <laughs> is a bad idea. Now it's just degenerate podcasters. Um, we're starting out with the NBA, like I said. The Lakers won the title. LeBron, GOAT. Just even... Okay, it, listen... I realize that people don't think LeBron is the GOAT, but in a lot of different conversations between those two, you have the debate of, oh, MJ has six. What happens if LeBron gets six? He's already at four. He has a really fucking good chance in the next three years with AD in LA. So, I mean, what if he gets <clears throat> six? What are, what are people going to say now? He, he's better. I, I don't have his stats up, but I'm sure he's better in a lot of different categories of stats. But when you playoffs and regular season. When you say better, do you mean like he has a better per game average or just a higher number? No, I would say per it would have to be per game average. Right, cuz um, my biggest thing that I hate is and I'm not necessarily like decided on like I I'm kind of like the boring guy that's like there's no point in the argument because they haven't one hasn't finished his career yet. That and like there's just no way to compare two completely different generations of basketball. But what I hate is when people say, like, oh, LeBron has more points, rebounds, and assists. Okay, LeBron started in the NBA right out of college uh-huh. and also didn't take, like, four years off in the prime of his career to go play baseball. That's, that's just, not LeBron's that, that's fault. That's just an idiot move. For yeah, that's not LeBron's fault, but you can't use the numbers, like, the entirety of the numbers and say, well, he's got more points. Yeah, but who has more points per game? I think that's a lot more of a relevant stat. And LeBron might have more points per game. I don't know. I think points per game is relevant when it comes to the regular season. But the way that LeBron has willed his teams, not necessarily this year, but in the past, in the playoffs, to the championship every single year for nine straight years or whatever it was, I think you got to take you, – you can't like necessarily take into account total playoff points. I'm not sure what the stats are there. But LeBron is – LeBron is ridiculously fucking fucking ridiculously good. Well, yeah, and, and I'm not saying um, I'm not saying that uh, points per game is the only stat that matters. Although I did pull it up, MJ averaged thirty point one a game to LeBron's twenty seven point one. Either way, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Either way, um, I saw a stat on Twitter. I think it was um, that it's it was like. MJ stands and it said LeBron got carried by AD in these playoffs and then it showed like a graphic of the averages for Pippen and Jordan in their six NBA championships and Pippen had every stat one per game basis besides points which is a bit like it may be a little bit misleading like it doesn't count clutch and it doesn't count important mm-hmm. games and stuff but I mean, MJ had Pippen, and Pippen's a damn Pippen was a damn good player. Yeah, um, and 
that's another thing I don't like is when people say like MJ didn't play on a super team. Well, he played with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> and if you may if you make six finals with that kind of core nucleus, I mean, I don't know if they all three of them were there for every title, but yeah. I'm pretty sure they were. I think they might have. I'm not sure about Rodman, but I know Pippen and But like the main yeah. nucleus was there for every that's a super team. Yeah, and if you think about it, it's pretty much the 2014 through 2016 or 17 Warriors where you have a bum I keep I call Draymond a bum cuz he's a bum but when he was playing on those championship teams he was a defensive player that could sometimes make a shot rough you up call that a Dennis Rodman you got a three-point shooter I'm not saying Scottie Pippen was a three-point shooter but in that time he was a great shooter for I mean they took a lot more mid-range jump shots than than actual threes in that time period um and then you got I'm not going to compare Steph and Clay, but it just seems like the three-headed monster. You got two really fucking good players, and then your defensive bruiser. Kind of seems like what the Bulls had. Yeah, hindsight. I'm curious. Um, did would we look at the Warriors as the same like cheating super team? Like, how did we view the Warriors before they went out and got Durant? I feel like there was not near the hate that they had. No, now. there wasn't. It was just it was more of their GM does a damn good job drafting, mm-hmm. and like. Because they didn't acquire either any of them in free agency. They, yeah, they just did. Like my favorite kind of dynasty is. Well, I shouldn't say that because I hate the Patriots and all they did is draft well. <laughs> but I'd rather have a dynasty from teams that build from within instead of a MLB dynasty where they just threw money at everybody. New York. New York. Yeah. Yeah. The list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So LeBron wins the title. His fourth. Um. His. Third finals MVP, I believe. Third. When didn't he win one? I don't think he won one. I don't think he got two in Miami, did he? Did D-Wade get one of those? He might have. Maybe in the OKC win. Yeah. You remember when Andre Iguodala got the finals MVP for shutting LeBron down and LeBron still averaged like 22 and 10 that playoffs series? And so, yeah, Steph still (laughs) doesn't have a finals MVP. Yeah, because Andre Iguodala got it because they said, oh, he shut LeBron James down this series. My fucking ass. You don't shut LeBron James down in the finals. You don't. Except that one game that people like to bring up against the Mavs when he had like eight. Yeah, okay. But But even then, that's just a stupid stat. Yeah. Moving on, though, LeBron. Guaranteed goat. Uh, I'm not letting Jake have another word. MLB is going on still. It's uh, debatable. Uh, Tampa Bay leads their series over the Astros three to two. They are currently playing right now. Um, the Astros are up three one. Not looking good for the Rays fans and everybody in America besides Astros fans because it would have been awesome to see this sweep. They were up three nothing. They are no longer up three nothing. Update: It is five to one Astros at the end of the sixth. So we're going into Game Seven, and they had Blake Snell pitching today, which was their which is their number one guy. I'm assuming Glasnow will start tomorrow. Um, but we were talking about this quickly before uh, we started today. Um, if the Astros not only make it to the World Series but beat the Rays after being down three zero, you might as well just throw the trash cans in the closet you can't bring them up again no because then they got caught for cheating and they said all right piss on it we're gonna figure it out in the regular season and make the great one of the greatest comebacks in a championship series of all time yeah or so as we alluded to last week or they just found a new way to cheat that's very possible uh, if they come back three all they cheated 
the balls on Dusty Baker if he found a new way to cheat and did it this well, he, year. Well, he's probably like, well, I don't care. I'm 80 years old. This is probably one of my last seasons coaching. Well, he's only here because their manager is suspended for a year. Like, you, well, he was their assistant, or he was their uh, bench coach last year. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like he wouldn't only, he yeah. wouldn't be the manager yeah. if if AJ um, Hinch wasn't a pussy. Right, yeah. precisely. So yeah, he's probably saying, "Fuck it, yeah. let's, let's cheat. Let's give me another one." <laughs> On the other side, um, we got the Braves leading the Dodgers three to one. Um, I love this. Oh yeah. Oh Bra- my we, god. We wanted Bra- once we got to this championship series. Obviously, eighty percent of America wanted Braves Rays, and we might get the Braves series. Yeah, I'm still not. Uh, I mean. Yeah, as much as the like, you can talk about the momentum shifting. I'm still not sold on the Astros winning in seven because winning four in a row is damn tough in a championship series, yeah. especially against the best team in the AL this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's looking like we're gonna at least get one team for sure that America wanted to see, and then it'll be America versus the Astros if it happens. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't think the Dodgers can come back. They're they're demoralized. Um, I saw a stat when we were playing, when the Brewers were playing the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw's like some insane number when, when pitching in a winning series or a tied series, he's like eight and one or something with like a two, five ERA. And when he's down in a series, he's like five and 10 with a (laughs) 4.2 ERA or something like that. Clayton Kershaw, this looked like his year to grab and grab his first ring. Uh, but it's not going to happen. The Braves are too damn good. They are ridiculous. They're hitting the ball miles. Piss rockets off of everybody's bat. Doesn't matter who's up at the plate. Um, their pitching's insane. Dodgers haven't been able to do much, and uh, I can't see the Braves losing this one. No. I, oh God, that's going to suck if they do. Imagine if the Dodgers are down three-one, Astros are down three-zero, and they two bimbos come back and and the teams nobody wants to win yeah. make the greatest comebacks yep. yeah that that's gonna suck yep but enough on that we'll we'll update you guys next week obviously we'll see who who's playing in that uh coveted world series hopefully tampa bay versus atlanta up next we got uh the bulk of the show the football section uh we got college football up first um you want to start it yeah, also we'll start with like the highlights of week six. Game of the week, number one Clemson versus number seven Miami. Phil, was that a close game? How fucking good does Clemson look? Jesus oh Christ. Oh my God. You thought, oh, Miami's back again. And we talked about this on the show a couple weeks back. I will never say Miami's back until they win something. They had their first big opportunity, really. Um, that Louisville game was a joke, didn't even matter. They had their first real game against real fucking players and they lost what was the score jake 42 to 7 in prime time prime time uh but what else is funny the clemson backup came in for like a couple like when the game was still close and he looked like a stud i didn't see that holy shit they put him in for kind of not wildcat but kind of some more gimmicky plays Mm -hmm. um and there was one play it looked like he just like flicked his wrist, and the ball was a like thirty-yard laser. It ended up being incomplete, but just like wasn't the, his fault. But just the throwing power on him. His name DJ. Oof. Oof. Ugalele. Is he from Hawaii? Like two of them. I don't know, but he was like I think he was he was top two quarterback hey, in the class. Give me your best guess on his name pronunciation. I'm gonna pull up the Tigers depth chart right now. 
and try to guess as well. What's uh, no, what number is it? Number five. I okay. think I'm going to go with DJ Uagalele. I'd, I'd go Uagalele. Uagalele? Yeah, I, I think it'd be Lele. Yeah, that no, that's L-E-I, true. L-E-I. Okay, I, yeah, Uagalele. That's okay. where we're going to go. Either way, as soon as Trevor Lawrence is out. The, are you looking at their third quarterback on the depth chart? Mm-mm. Redshirt freshman named, named Tyson... I'm assuming you pronounce it Tyson, but it's T A I S U N. Okay, Tyson I like that. Fomachan, P H O M M A C H A N H. What the fuck? Where are they getting these people? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, holy shit! I don't uh, know, but this DJ kid's gonna be a stud. Tyson is from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Would not have guessed that. And DJ is from. Inland Empire, California. Okay. He went to St. John Bosco. Okay. Yeah, so he was one of the top uh, quarterback recruits. I remember watching him in, I don't know, some all-star game type deal. But he's going to be special. It it, kind of sucks that it's already looking like Clemson's going to dominate for another four years straight. I I feel like as long as I don't reach – I don't know how long it's going to take for me to reach a state of hatred of Alabama for winning too much because I still like Clemson. Like they've always no. Been... That's exactly what I was just going to say. Is like they got to be careful because I'm going to start not liking Clemson. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but yes, so obviously that game not close. Clemson is far and away the favorite to win the title, at least in my opinion. Alabama had to win a shootout in the SEC. And it was closer than it should have been. The yeah, time. Alabama beats Ole Miss sixty-three to forty-eight. I think it's the m- like most. No, it can't. No, it can't be the most points because didn't they give up fifty to Auburn last year? LSU last year too. Okay, so it's not the most points Saban's given up in the SEC. But first off, Saban scored sixty-three. When you think you're gonna, you know, you look at the game, they're probably gonna blow them out. Probably win like forty-two to seven and mm-hmm. grind the clock the whole yep. second half. It was a fan. Did you watch any of the game? I caught glimpses because I had I had the uh, I had I was watching some other game. I don't know why, but I was uh, a better of the minus twenty four on Alabama. It didn't work out. Oh yeah, no, but it was an, a phenomenal game to watch. It was exciting right till the end where Bama got a late one to kind of make it look not as close yeah. as it was. But the whole game was your classic back and forth shootout where you kind of knew whoever got one stop was going to win the game. Also. Not good for the Big 12, but it was a hell of a game for the over. Oklahoma fights off the Texas comeback. And that pretty much seals the deal on the Big 12. Yeah, Big 12's not making the See playoff. See you later. That was just, I, th- I think I was watching that game. Or was that was That, that was a time? new Because we, wa- we were watching that during the recording uh, last week. Oh, no. We were watching Texas A&M in Florida. Well, well yeah. They were on at the oh, same okay. time, though. That's what it was. Um, yeah. Fourth overtime. Oklahoma wins 53-45. I had the over, and I, w- I was sweating. Well, well, I think the over was like 72 or something. Yeah, the over was like 72, and they were, they were chilling at like 56 with like eight minutes to go. Texas was down 14. No, I think here's what it was. I think the over-under was 65, and they were sitting at 35-14 or something like that. And Texas came back. Yeah, and Texas came back because I think – I think I only needed one score in overtime to cover. Yeah. So then when I got four overtimes, that was just that was just free football. Um, but yeah, that was an awesome game to watch. 
A lot of good games. We had number four, Florida. My guys out of the SEC, only SEC team I'll consistently root for, fell to number 21, Texas A&M, 41-38. That was a good game, too. That was a really good game. Uh, After Texas A&M's blunder against Alabama the week before, um, I thought Texas A&M wasn't for real, but then they go out and beat... um, an AP poll, Big Ten list, Pac-12 list, number four, Florida. Well, no, now. Oh yeah, they it are. was with it, but it was without Ohio State playing yeah. and without Penn State playing. Yeah, so they're definitely at least looked like a top ten team. I think they're, they they should have been around number eight or nine. Yeah, realistically, yeah, if the season was playing out normally, um, so that game sucked for me. Also, pretty sure we both had Florida covering. Uh, I had. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, we had Florida minus six last So that didn't happen. Nope. But still a good game. Now, people are probably wondering, how are we going to follow this great week up? And to answer that, not well. This is not a good week of college football. No, it's terrible. But I can't complain too much because we still have college football. Yeah, we can only complain so much. Building off of Florida's loss after the game, did you see what Dan Mullen said? No. He said that he wants uh, the swamp to be packed, 90,000 people. Oh, yeah, because they got the, the Florida governor said you can have people in stands now. Mm-hmm. And A&M had a pretty – they weren't full capacity by any means, but A&M had I a good crowd. South. Yeah, the oh, they don't so give much. a shit about COVID. They don't give a shit about safety. They think they can punch COVID in the face, and that's awesome. They just care about football. So Dan Mullen went on a tirade – was not one of my big words this week. They went on a tirade – about how we need to have fans in the swamp. That creates such a home field advantage. We'll come to find out this week, Florida LSU has been postponed because Florida has why? a shit ton of COVID yeah, cases. Yeah, I was going to say, why, did, why are they postponed this week? Oh, yeah, COVID. The idiots down in Florida, the fucking... You know you know what bothers me about Florida the most? Not the school, but the whole state. What's that? You ever flown over Florida? Like, you, you landed somewhere in Florida? Like, you were flying to Florida? You landed? Yeah, once. Okay, um... I don't know if you've looked down when you're when you're about to land, but whatever wherever you go, everyone's got a fucking pool. No matter if you're landing on a coastal airport, everyone's got a pool in their backyard. What the fuck? Just go to the damn beach. Yeah, you're never that far from a beach. You're like at most an hour and a half from a beach. Okay, I get it if you're right in the middle, hour and a half from a beach on either side, have a pool. That's fine. What the fuck are you doing? Three blocks from the beach with a pool. Yeah, that is one thing I've never... Well, I guess I kind of understand it because I'm not a big ocean guy. Okay. I'm, I'm not a big open water guy. Mm. Like, if, if I can't see, like... If I know that just a few hundred yards out is an endless abyss, I'm not a fan. Not a Lake Michigan guy. No, no. Oh. Like, I, I would go out and, like, fish on Lake Michigan. Yeah. But if you said, like, in the middle of Lake Michigan, hey, would you jump out and grab that somebody dropped their hat? I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. Because... Loch Ness Monster? No, I just don't like the endless abyss thing. Okay. I remember the first time I saw Lake Michigan. Um, I have family in Michigan, um, and we were taking the ferry over because we didn't want to drive around. Mm-hmm. And, 10-hour car ride with the fam when I'm six years old and we got a bunch of brats in the back. Not fun. Not as great as letting them run around a ferry for three hours. Yeah, on the, that's on true. On the ride across. So uh, we took the ferry, and I remember driving up to the ferry dock. You can't see anything. I thought it was a fucking ocean. No. You can't it, see anything. So last summer, me and my family went up to Lake Superior, you know, like the Apostle Islands up there. I heard about them a couple, yeah. three times. 
So it's pretty cool up there. You go to like Bayfield and all that like touristy shit that my mom cared about. But, you know, I just wanted to go fishing with my dad in the lake. So we took this tour on a boat to tour all the Apostle Islands. And at first it was kind of misleading because you get out on the boat and on the horizon you still see all these islands. You're like, no, this lake isn't that big. Yeah. We get out past the islands and it's like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. You biggest, can't see anything. That's the biggest lake in the in in the whole series of chain. Yeah, but and by far too, like yeah. size, volume, however you want to look at it, that's a big ass lake. That's a big ass lake. Like holy shit, you can't see any land. I love lakes. Lakes lo- are pretty cool. I like big bodies of water. I do. I think we're opposites there. It's not that I don't like. I just don't like being in the big bodies. Okay. Like actually, can you put me on a boat and I'm fine. I'm not okay. worried about Titanic shit. Nothing like that. So you'd go on a cruise? Okay, no, no, I will. You will never catch a change. But I will not go on a cruise. Cruises are dope. I wish I, I want to go on one. Just I would to like go- visit a bunch of little like little places out in the Caribbean or something. If the cruise stayed close enough to land, where I could at least see like a shadow of land, I'd be okay. Okay. But if we got out in the middle of the ocean and I look around 360 and all I see is water. Oh, I'm having a full-blown panic attack. Fair enough. Because you uh, go down there, not, they're not finding you. I don't care about radar. <laughs> they're not finding anybody. All right, uh, NAF guaranteed never taking a cruise trip. Uh, getting back to football real quick, uh, if you're going to bring up your SEC team, I might as well bring up mine. Um, Tennessee, they, they look damn good in the first half against Georgia. I was going to say, man, a damn good half of football. In the first half against Georgia, I was like, oh my God, is this the first time Tennessee's been for real in a long time? Feels like 98. And the second half happened. (laughs) Oh, no, did it happen. (laughs) It happened so fucking fast. I was playing, my family was home for the weekend. um, And so we were playing some board games, uh, making a couple drinks, eating some Mexican food. And I go down to bite, take a bite of my chimichanga. Look back up on the TV, and damn, they're down 21 points. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was like I don't a, think they score it, in the second half. No, it was a blink of an eye. It was 21-24, I believe, in the first half, or 21-21, somewhere around there. Oh, Tennessee led at the half. Did they 21-17? I think it was 21-17. It was something I was very surprised, and then they go out and lose 44-21. to So both of our SEC teams lose this week, um, but they had two tough games. One was expected to win, Jake's. Yep. Didn't win. Mine expected to get blown out. Got blown out. Got blown out. Um, so we'll move on to next week. Uh, did we already talk about we already talked about Florida LSU? Yep. Did we talk about Bama? No, I we did not talk about really the only Well, it's all right, it's not gonna be the only good game in terms of it's fun to watch, but it's gonna be the only game of the week where there's a ranked matchup. But it's a damn good ranked matchup. There's a fun game to watch last night. You watched the Arkansas State-Georgia State game? Yeah, I tuned in. Yep. I watched a little bit. I was good. I had the over, and then I had the Georgia State money line. Georgia State almost won it, didn't. Got the over, though, so I pushed. Or half and a half. Yeah, there you go. Number two, Alabama hosting number three, Georgia. I think the biggest news line about this is nothing, I think most people agree, is nothing to do with football. It's that head coach, arguably greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban, is out with COVID. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure how much coaches don't really affect that much. Like during the game, they're, I mean, obviously they, if you're a play caller, offensive coordinator as a head coach, you affect the game. If you're a defensive play caller, defensive coordinator, you affect the game. I'm not sure this will that much. 
The thing is, though, is he's had to be out for the last couple days, and I, I believe it's an NCAA guideline. He can't even have like technological contact with the team. Really, I thought I I thought I read a thing or saw a thing that said he was on his laptop talking to the team at home. I that, that might have just been to like update on like his situation. I know if he's updating on the situation, he's giving up some pointers for this weekend. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, he can't call in at halftime to Steve Sarkeesian, who's going to be running the show, and say, like, hey, this is what they're doing. Like, I think the biggest thing is going to be coming out of halftime, the adjustments just won't be there. Yeah, I I think Georgia wins this game, honestly. I think they got a shot. They got a damn good shot. Um, If it were at Georgia, I'd say Georgia money line easy, um, but they're playing in Tuscaloosa. Um, was Steve Sarkeesian the fucking dumbass coach from USC? Yep, the very same. Okay. Uh, in the long list of USC coaches God, that have failed. They are the worst at coach coaching hires. They're the worst. Also, every quarterback that they have, I feel like, is way overhyped. And then turns out either absolute shit in transfers or absolute shit in stays. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, they, they, they went through that line where they were like uh, Carson Palmer, Matt uh, Matt Leiner, uh, what's his name, Barkley. Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, and everyone's like, damn, USC yeah. puts out quarterbacks. And then from there on out, they've all just kind of sucked. And the team sucks as a whole. They go 8-5 and five every year, and then every year, oh, they got some new talent coming in. They're preseason ranked number 14 in the nation. Fuck off. They're going to finish 8-5, and 9-4, and four, and they're going to make a fucking Music City Bowl. Yeah, or Holiday Bowl or yeah. what have you. But yeah, that's kind of it for college football this week. There's going to be a lot of good games. One more week till Badgers come back. Yeah, I don't even. I didn't even write that down. A week from today, one week, we will be watching the Badgers take on the kick the f- shit out of kick the shit out of the <clears throat> Illinois Fighting Illini. Fuck him. And Graham Mertz is going to throw for six touchdowns. Yeah, I don't oh, even five touchdowns and run for one. You locking that in? Yep. Six touchdowns for Graham Mertz. You heard it here first. Badgers are going to kick the shit out of the Illini. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 49 to... No, that doesn't make sense because Graham Mertz has to have six. Um, well, he could have six and you score 49. Oh, yeah. Huh. All right. 40... That'd be seven touchdowns. Yeah, it'd be seven touchdowns. Uh, quick mass. 49 to... 10. I'm going I'm gonna go forty five seventeen just because I think I think the Illini are gonna get ten, maybe even in the first quarter while the Badgers are still kind of figuring everything out. Okay. And then we're gonna blow the brakes off them and they might get one on our scrubs late in the fourth quarter. I like it, I like it. Um we'll move on to the big boy football now, NFL. Um Dan Quinn uh fired after the Falcons lost to the Panthers twenty three to sixteen. Um the score looks close. The game was never really that close. If you watched the game, you could tell Carolina was in control the whole time. They were moving the ball every single drive. Um, the second... Okay. Before Bill O'Brien got fired, I was 100% guaranteed Adam Gay's first coach fired. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen. When Adam Gase wasn't the first one fired, I said, going to be the second one fired. Right? Well, Dan Quinn took that responsibility. Um, they fired Dan Quinn and their GM. Uh, got a weird, funny name. Isn't it like Petroff or something? Yeah, Alex, Alex Petroff or something. Um, but I was going to say Dimitri Petroff, but that's way too Russian to be his name. Petri dish. 
Petri dish. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the whole era of 28 to 3 is um, going to be gone soon. Julio is going to be. I think they trade Julio, maybe. Um, okay, here's what a. Damn Ale- it. Alexei Dimitrov? Thomas Dimitrov. Damn it, Thomas. Damn, so I, I had the, the whole name I mixed into what his last name actually is. Yeah. Um, so Matt Ryan's almost done, right? Julio Jones yeah. almost done with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think I think this year's the year they trade him um, to get some. I mean, if you if you're hiring a new coach next year and a GM, you're gonna have to rebuild and you're gonna have to suck it up. Trade Julio, get some draft capital, and work from there. And if the Falcons play this right, they're gonna give their GM at least what appears to be a lob of a first overall pick in his tenure because if they play this right they're gonna have the first overall pick and get trevor lawrence to replace matt ryan that would be ridiculous yeah so it'll be trevor we were talking about this earlier trevor lawrence uh hayden hurst i mean he's not a stud tight end by any means but he's a weapon he's a good tight end calvin calvin ridley Ridley. uh russell gage russell gage the the oh uh zacharias zacchaeus but his name's ola olamide Olamide. Starts with an O. Okay. And his last name's Zacchaeus. O Zacchaeus. O dot Zacchaeus. That's what they have in video games. Boom. Yeah. Um, they, they got a, a nice young core. Uh, they're deep. I, I think they go Trevor Lawrence, number one, if they get the number one pick. And then they go straight defense the rest of the draft. Have to. They have to. Their offensive, Sprinkle line, in the offensive line's def- decent. You could take a sixth round offensive lineman, but they have to go straight defense from there. Um, they're going to rebuild. Um, the Chiefs, uh, speaking of a team that doesn't have to rebuild because they just keep getting better, uh, the Chiefs get their first loss against the Raiders last week. Um, I don't know if we have this in this talk. Um, no, but Le'Veon Bell signed with them. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Chiefs. So, so the, the rich te- get richer. Arguably the best team in the NFL got better. I'm not sure what this means because, it. I mean, they, sh- they signed Shady a couple years ago. Didn't really pan out. They signed Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't shown anything in New York. Not that not that it's his fault, um, but it, he hasn't looked like the same player as he was in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going to go on, but, I mean, they got a damn good running back again. Yeah, the thing with Le'Veon is, so he took a year off in Pittsburgh, and then this was his second season with the Jets, correct? Yeah. So we haven't seen him look good on a football field for the past three seasons. That's correct. I'm not sure what he's got left in the tank, but if you could have Le'Veon Bell as a depth piece in your running back room, yeah. that's not bad. And I think the th- the thing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this offense is that there's no way they can give Hilaire less than 50% of the touches, I think, because he is your future. You're building around him, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, um, I don't think you can limit him that much in this offense because, like, how you signed Le'Veon to a one-year deal and maybe you use him a bunch this first year. I don't know, but I feel like it's a dumb move to take away some of the confidence. I mean, you're not taking away confidence, but it might seem like that to Hilaire. Um, yeah, I think Hilaire will obviously stay as the third down back, and Le'Veon will take a few, you know, first and second round care or second down carries, but from a player standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint I don't think this is as big of a deal as some people are kind of worried that it's going to be 
But it is something to note, and obviously Hilaire's ceiling drops a little bit with this. Yeah. What's weird though is I think Le'Veon's ceiling goes up a bunch. Oh, Le'Veon's ceiling goes because he he scores eight points a game in New York. He mm-hmm. gets fifteen carries for forty-two yards and a catch for twelve. That's yeah. what happens with Le'Veon. Um, so if he can get fifty rushing yards and a couple catches for thirty yards, and the thing that bothers me, I'm a if you don't know, I'm a Clyde edwards hilaire fantasy owner. Um, it sucks because Clyde was already not getting the like. Darrell Williams was taking a lot of the goal line touches, a lot. And now whatever Clyde had in that little portion of the pie, gone. Le'Veon's going to be their goal line back running, moving forward. Um, it sucks, but I have to deal with it. He's going to be a start until he proves that he can't start anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, though, the 49ers, ugly. Uh, they got stomped, as Jake said, Um you, the, you like that word choice I, in there? Stomp was nice. Is that your big word of the week? No. no <laughs> stomped is not my big word of the week. Spoiler spoiler alert, I don't have one. Um, but uh, they lost 43 to 17. It was 30 to 9 at halftime, 30 to 7 at halftime. It was ugly at halftime. It half was time. ugly. Uh, Fitzmagic looks great. It's hard not to love Fitzmagic. I don't know anybody that doesn't like him. Um they benched Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers did, um, in, in favor of C.J. Beathard, or was it Mullins this week? I think it was Mullins this okay. week. No, it was – I think it might think have been Beathard. Beathard. Yep. I think I saw uh, Barstool Trent tweet an Iowa thing. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> Beathard. Um, all I'm saying is <clears throat> Beathard never looked bad when he played. He just got George Kettle the ball, and when you're doing that – You're going to do fine. Like the, the season when he started four, 12, 13 games because Garoppolo tore his shit – Bethard, I mean, they went, what, 4-12 and 12 or something like that? But Bethard didn't look terrible. Um, it baffles me that dead dude's still in the league, but, but I, hey, good I, guess for him. A, I guess he's a better option than Garoppolo right now. Yeah, I also thought it was weird how they worded Garoppolo's benching as like they wanted to protect him. Yeah. Because it's not like he was... Like, he was playing so bad that everybody kind of looked at it as like, oh, you kind of benched him because yeah. he sucked today. There's no way you can cover that up. You're down thirty to seven at halftime. You're gonna bench him against one of the not. I would say I can confidently say the Dolphins aren't the worst team in the league anymore. I would say well, they're that, not the top team. I would say they're not even bottom five. I would put them at twenty five or twenty six. The Jets are worse. Both New York teams. Jacksonville, Both New York teams. Jacksonville, the Broncos, Atlanta. That's five. So they're not bottom five. No. Yeah. Breaking news: Dolphins aren't bottom five <laughs> in the NFL. Um. On the topic of some somewhat topic of injuries, uh, trying to make a transition there. Dak, uh, disgusting injury that happened in the horrifying second, second quarter or third quarter. I think it was third quarter. Um, <laughs> I hate to make a joke about this, but we had uh, you know what? I don't hate to make a joke about this. We had the greatest Tony Romo call. Of all time. Oh, that. Oh, of my God. Time. Okay, so they pan. If Holy you weren't shit, watching, that or you have, haven't been on Twitter in two weeks, or in a, in a week this past week, um, they zoomed in Fox. I think it was on Fox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get the Cowboys games. Um, well, right. no, no, it was CBS because Tony Romo was calling. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
they they zoom into his leg, which you can see is dangling, like it's broken. Like his foot is pointing the, the wrong direction. The foot is pointing the opposite way as it should be. His knee is pointing straight forward, and his toes are pointing ninety degrees to the right. And Tony Romo comes out with a, "Oh, you almost you almost hope this is a cramp." Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about? And obviously you can't blame Tony because he didn't see the same thing we were seeing. I don't think. But his foot was sideways. Oh, you almost hope it's a cramp. And that was the greatest meme, greatest one-day meme. I haven't seen any since Sunday or Monday morning. The greatest one-day meme ever, where it's just a bunch of people that broke their shit. Oh, you almost hope it's a cramp. That was awesome. No, and it sucks so much for Dak, too, because even though the team sucked and he was was putting up numbers because their defense is so bad, you still knew he was going to get paid after this offseason. Yeah, now it's in jeopardy. Yeah, I hope he still does, but it just sucks for Dak. One bright spot in this, we get to see more Andy Dalton time in the NFL. Uh, not sure how he's going to do. He was never in Cincinnati. It, obviously, he wasn't a stud. Otherwise, he'd still be in Cincinnati. Red Rocket. And wouldn't have got benched for Brett Rippon or whoever it was. But he didn't have any O-line help. He didn't have any weapons. He consistently AJ Green got hurt. Yeah, he consistently made the playoffs in the beginning of his career. It, it's not looking good for Dallas, but he, there's a lot worse backups in the NFL. And there's a lot worse records in the NFL. Dallas is three and two right now, or two and three. I think they're two and three. Two and three. But I mean, they shouldn't have won any of the games. They came back to beat the Falcons, and they just beat the Giants so barely. Like, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, whoop-de-fucking-do. Um, uh, keep in mind though, Red Rocket. They he brought him back. They weren't winning when he got put in the game. They were down. Were they really? I think so. I know it was close when Dak went down. I think he I, what he needs to do is just no matter what call McCarthy makes, say fuck that. We're handing it to Zeke and let Zeke do his See, this thing. Is the, this is where it really gets down to. Did the Cowboys make the right call with McCarthy? Is you see Andy Dalton come into the game? Are you willing to run the ball? Because we saw it for. 14 years in Green Bay. He wasn't really willing to run the ball ever. And the fucking stupid analysts on ESPN, why don't they run the ball? Why don't they run the ball? Well, because it's Mike McCarthy. He doesn't run the ball. No, you're going to throw the ball 40 times. You have a top two or three running back in the league. What do you do when your starter goes out? I hope to God you give it to Zeke. If he doesn't give it to Zeke, he's fucking done for. He might be fired before Adam Gase is. Yeah, they just need they just need to do what they can do. Their O line's battered, so they're not going to be as dominant as they have been. Just hand the ball off to Zeke, control the clock, keep games close, try to pull a few out. I will say, um, the longer Mike McCarthy's in Dallas, the better for the rest of the world, because he's going to screw him into the ground, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Yeah, especially because, like, what he his philosophy on passing worked with the Packers. Because we had Aaron, we have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Yeah, I'm really and when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, we were not a good team. Part of that is because we had Aaron Rodgers, and the team's going to take a big drop off after that. But it's also because the games weren't managed well when Rodgers wasn't our quarterback. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see if he actually changes the game plan now. Yeah. Uh, quick segment into the Packers. Uh, they didn't play, so we had nothing nothing much to talk about. But since they didn't play, they're still. R-O-L-L-I-N-G, rolling, um, 4-0. A lot of people have uh, the Packers as the uh, as number one in the power rankings. I know NFL.com does. Bleacher Report does. Uh, there's a couple that ha- I think ESPN has the Seahawks ahead of them. 
even though the Seahawks struggled to beat the team that we whooped their ass. Mm-hmm. And talking about the Vikings, the purple people eaters, whatever you want to call them. Fuck the Vikings. They, But, I mean, you kind of think, hey, I might have been rooting for them against Seattle. You had to. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just going to help the Packers the more that the more the good NFC teams lose, the better for the Packers. Yeah, uh, it was a, Vikings put on a hell of a show though. In that first half, I thought I had the over. Oh God, don't let me talk about the over. Either, the overloss, just get it there, get it straight. The overloss, we're not talking about it. But um, they looked damn good in the first half. Dalvin was torching the def- the defensive line for Seattle. I, I thought it was going to be no contest, and then. Seattle gets 21 quick points in the second half. and Yeah, it was kind of like that Tennessee-Georgia game. All of a sudden, you blink, and yep. Seattle put up 21 points. Yep. Um, this week, the 4-1 and one Browns. When's the last time that's been said? Uh, look to get their first win in Pittsburgh since 2003 against the 4-0 and o Steelers. The AFC North has the best winning percentage of all conferences uh, and all divisions in the NFL um, their winning percentage is like 731 or something. And the other two winning percentages, or the other two above 500s are like around 500. Mm-hmm. NFC North and somebody else. Um, everybody else is below 500. AFC North came to play this year. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore all doing well uh, since he's even got a win. So Yeah, and, and a tie. It's a great matchup. Um, I think this is going to be damn close. It's either... You'd think so. On paper, you'd think so. Damn close. But the more I think about it, the more I think Cleveland goes in and chokes in another big game. They choke against the Ravens every year. I mean, they did win one last year, but that was a fluke. They choke against Pittsburgh every year. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I just can't buy into the Browns, even though they're sitting at 4-1 and one, and power rankings all have them as like you know playoff-like team. I just can't trust the Browns until they actually do something. Like, until they make make the AFC Divisional round, I yeah. can't trust the Browns to keep going. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs, that are 4-1, and one, they lost to the Raiders last week uh, in a shootout. It was Well, it was a shootout in the first half. It was 28-28 to 28 last week. Um, we didn't touch on this earlier. I just talked about other shit. Um, but it was 28-28 to 28 in the first half, Chiefs versus uh, Raiders, and then the Raiders just kind of – had the way with the Chiefs in the second half. Um, kind of the same way as the Bills and Titans game went. Titans always had it under control, but um, the Bills seemed like they had life. They were moving the ball down the field last week in the first half. Second half, they barely touched the ball. Um, they're both 4-1, and one, Bills-Chiefs. Uh, Monday at 4, we get a, two Monday games again. Um, I like this, but I also don't like that we didn't get Thursday. Yeah, it's weird not having Thursday. It was a weird. It was super weird having Tuesday night football, and, and then it was Thursday. even weirder yeah. not having Thursday night yeah. football in a regular season week. Yeah, um, this should be a great game. Um, it's in Buffalo, which makes me more confident in Buffalo in the ability to keep this thing close. Uh, the Chiefs have looked like, I mean, the best five game team in football. Packers are four-game team, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, the Chiefs are really fucking good. Uh, just got a little unlucky last week. Um, not much to say about the game until we see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to have a big bounce-back week. Okay. Uh, Packers 4-0, take on the Bucks 3-2. and 
Um, of course, we'll go we'll go over this in money line picks next. But just uh, talking about the big games this week: um, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Tom Brady was on a interview or like a press conference today. Uh, they're usually like once a week during practice, whatever. Uh, he had nothing but great words to say about Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, two of the goats in in the NFL history. Yeah. Um, People were making fun of Tom because it sounded like he was a little in love with Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he said everything that everyone ever thinks. He's a great thrower of the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, what are you thinking about this matchup? Well, first I just want to shout out Jamal Williams for his comments about yeah. – because uh, he was kind of asked, you know, what do you think about like the matchup between Rodgers and Brady? And typically in this, you'd hear kind of that cupcake. Well, they're both great quarterbacks. Both like Hall nothing, famers. nothing but respect to the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jamal Williams said, <laughs> uh, "My quarterback wouldn't forget what down it was." So <laughs> that is awesome. I I know it's unlikely that we keep Jamal Adams for any Williams. longer than or Jamal Williams for any longer than the end of his contract. But God damn it, I love that dude. I see him every time I watch a Packers game. They highlight some some before games antics on the field. Jamal Williams is out there alone, like an hour and a half before kickoff, just dancing. Mm-hmm. Got the headphones. He's an entertainer. In. Yeah, got the headphones in. Um, I love Jamal Williams. He is a treasure that Green Bay. I feel like doesn't acknowledge they have. At least, I mean, like. In the front office, you're not going to think, oh, that's why we're keeping Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like Packers fans don't appreciate him enough. No, especially, I mean, it's almost he like. He is my favorite. Skill, stats, everything aside, favorite player, Jamal Williams. He, It's almost like he did this in a move just to grow the love of the fans. Yeah. So the GM or the front <laughs> office might be tempted to keep him for the fans. Like, what a move just saying, yeah, my quarterback wouldn't forget what down it was. So, next fourth, question. Fourth down. Um, next up, we got our Moneyline picks. Um, last week, Jake went 7-5. and five. I went 6-6. Six and six. Um, If you're keeping up with the trend lately, um, we have had three bad weeks and two good weeks. Um, they alternate. So, week one, we did terribly. Actually, not too bad. Uh, week two, great. Week three, 50-50, week four, we did well again, and then week five, last week, eh. we did eh. Eh. Uh, overall standings, all right, Jake is at 44 and 27, Phil is at 45 and 26, so I still got the one game lead, I lost the game last week, though. Mm-hmm, I'm making the comeback. Yeah. We're going to start out with Houston at Tennessee, Houston got their first win last week against Jacksonville, Tennessee is a three-point favorite at home, um... The line kind of baffles me because um, if you if you're not a better um, home field usually gives you three points, three point advantage for being at home. So they're pretty much saying Las Vegas is pretty much saying this is a toss up between Houston and Tennessee. The over under is at fifty three and a half. Um, what are you taking? I like Tennessee here. Uh, Houston coming off, I believe, yes. Yeah, so Bill O'Brien was fired before their win last week against Jacksonville, correct? Very correct. So got the first win under interim head coach uh, Romeo Cornell. I think he became one of the, the, one of the best names in, in all of coaching. Romeo absolutely, Crennel. and I think he became like the oldest uh, person to co- be the head coach in an NFL game. Makes sense. At, like seventy something, which is impressive as hell. Yeah. But I like Tennessee here, coming off a big w- dominant win over Buffalo on Tuesday. I don't know if they're gonna blow them out by like twenty. 
But I think Tennessee's going to win and cover. I think it's a six-point game. I got Tennessee winning as well. Um, we're going on to Washington football team at New York Giants. Um, the Giants, the 0-5. Yeah, both New York teams are 0-5. Um, the Giants are a three-point favorite, over-under is 42.5. Um, obviously, you're going to get the low over-under on New York games because they suck. Um, I'm going to take the Washington football team. Kyle Allen gets his first win. Yeah, I'm leaning the same way. I don't know how you can favor the Giants in any game, even though they're not playing a good team. I just I, I trust Ron Rivera to get it done against a bad team a lot more than I trust Joe Judge. Agreed. Um, next up, we got Atlanta, the 0-5 Atlanta Falcons at Minnesota. Minnesota is only a four-point favorite against an 0-5 team because they are 1-4. 54.5 over-under. I like Atlanta here. I think Atlanta gets a big spark from... Kind of like a Bill O'Brien effect. Yeah. I For some reason, I always like teams to do well the week after their head coach gets fired. Yep. I just think it kind of lights a fire under everybody else. Like, hey, new chapter for the rest of the season. I like Atlanta in this one. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook out means... I mean, they're going to run the same offense. I, I saw a quote from uh, the offensive coordinator in Minnesota about... When when Alexander Madison goes in, nothing changes. They don't call different plays um, because they believe in Madison. Uh, for that reason, I'm taking Minnesota. Okay. I don't, I don't think Atlanta's defense is going to stop Adam Thielen. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph gets in the end zone this game, uh, or Irv Smith, one of the tight, one of the tight ends, because tight ends are ter- are really fucking good to use against Atlanta because they suck um, against tight ends. Big Bob Tanyan. Big Bob Tanyan. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Minnesota in that one. Uh, next up, we got Chicago uh, against Carolina. Carolina is a one and a half point favorite against the four and one Bears. The over under is at 44 and a half. I apologize to everyone who took my lock, which is probably none of you um, last week with the Bears, or no, two weeks ago with the Bears in the over. Um, I think it was at 42, um, and it ended up being like 17 to nine. Yep, that's what it was. Um, Overrunner is 44.5. Carolina is one and a half point favorite. I am going to take Carolina to keep on rolling without Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis has looked damn good. Um, so I'm taking Carolina with, with the Bears getting their second loss. All right. This one pains me to say, but I'm going with Chicago here. Um, I think Carolina is kind of the benefit of not really playing anybody, okay. not really beating anybody good. I think it'll be close, but I'm going with Chicago here to beat Carolina on the road. All right. Uh, up next, we got Detroit at Jacksonville. Probably the worst matchup of the week, maybe. Um, Detroit's a three-point favorite. Over-under is 54 and a half. Uh, no way Detroit loses this game. They get Kenny, Kenny Galladay back. Um, Detroit rolls here. I, and I, uh, I might make that a lock at some point this week. Yeah, I'm going with Detroit here, too. Uh, just don't see any way that they can lose another one to a bad team, even though Detroit's not great themselves. Galladay's going to be a big boost, like you said. Still got Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. They got TJ Hawkinson. Uh, they got young DeAndre Swift, old Adrian Peterson. I'm going with Detroit. Is AP out this week? Is he out? Might be. I thought I saw something, but I'm not sure. Well, then they don't have old Adrian Peterson. All right, up next, one of the greater games this week, 
Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite, 50.5 over under. I think the over hits easily, but we're not talking about that right now. Um, I am going to go Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh too. We both kind of talked about this game earlier. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, I like Pittsburgh here. Can't trust the Browns. I also might, uh, if I were you, fade myself because um, this could be a statement game for Cleveland. You never know. Like, this could be the one where they're like, hey, we beat Dallas this week, last week or two weeks ago, but Dallas isn't for real. Let's see what we can do against Pittsburgh. I don't know. Uh, they might come out with some trick plays again. Kevin Stefanski uh, calling plays in Cleveland has been really good um, for that team. I... I like Cleveland more than I have in prior weeks, but I think Pittsburgh wins. Um, Cincinnati staying in the AFC North um, faces an AFC South opponent, Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis is a seven and a half point favorite against Joe Burrow and the Bungles. 46 point over under. I don't know how you pick against Indianapolis, but um I'm not gonna do it. I got I got to take Indy. I really wanted to take Joe Burrow, but after you got shell shocked by the Ravens last week, it's just kind of depressing. Yeah, the Indianapolis defense has been damn good this year. I think they're number one in fantasy. Not that you know that means you. They're have number a great one defense. in NFL, no matter what but, ranking you're doing. Yeah, without fantasy aside, they still have a damn good defense, which has helped because Philip Rivers has looked like just even worse than L.A. Yeah, just bad. He just, there's no like funny way, creative way to say it. He's just looked bad. The thing that baffles me about Phillip Rivers is no matter how bad he was in L.A., he would dump it off to the running backs. This year, he's not doing it. He's just chucking the ball to Mo Alley Cox and T.Y. Hilton and hope they do something. Right, and they're not. But that defense is winning them some games. Uh, I think Joe Burrow's going to have a tough time against that defense. I'm going with Indy. Yep. Uh, next up, uh, I think this is a little bit of an underrated matchup this week. Baltimore at Philly. Baltimore's a nine and a half point favorite. Over under is forty six and a half. Um, I would, I probably will be taking Philly plus nine and a half, but I'm taking Baltimore for the money line because they're not going to lose this game. Yeah, I think Philly can keep it close. Um, but with that being said, Baltimore's been rolling. Well, have they played two games or one since they lost to the Chiefs? Should be one. Is it one? Well, either way, they rolled the Bengals last week. I think it'll be closer. Uh, than the spread indicates, but I like Baltimore here too. All right, Denver at New England. New England's a nine-point favorite. Uh, Drew Locke mm, should be back this week. And maybe Noah Fant. And maybe Noah Fant. 44.5 point over under. Um, I think this is a defensive battle. Um, Cam's kind of going to have to get back into things. Um, I'm taking New England at home, but they don't lose. Yeah, uh, especially Bill Belichick since this game got pushed back a week. Giving him another week to prepare is not good against any team. No. I'm going with the Patriots. All right, up next, Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins are a a 9.5-point favorite for the first time in probably years. Has to be at least four or five seasons. 9.5-point favorite against the Jets, 47.5-point over-under. I would also take the over in this game. Um, even though the Jets don't score very many points, um, I'm going to take Miami. They they don't they don't lose this game. The Jets are terrible. Yeah, Miami's uh, surprisingly two and three. I think they're going to go to three and three here. Not going to go very well the rest of the season. I don't imagine, but I think Miami's going to win this one. Yep. Uh, next up, 
our game of the week, most people's games of the week, um, should be most of the country's games of the week, game of the week um, in the afternoon slot. Uh, we are in the afternoon, right? Yeah, 325. Okay. Uh, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Um, we get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman this week? I'd imagine so. I'd assume so. Um, NFC game makes sense. Uh, Green Bay is a one-point favorite. Um, 55 and a half point over under if you were paying attention earlier. Um, Tampa Bay at home gives them three points, which means Green Bay on a neutral site will be a four-point favorite. Um, it makes sense. The Packers are what, – what are they doing right now? Packers are rolling. Yeah, they are. And uh, I don't see it stopping here. I'm taking Green Bay. You'll never hear a pick against Green Bay on this podcast. It's going to be Green Bay money line. Yeah, Green Bay next game. Yep. Uh, Rams at 49ers. Um, almost said Giants because San Francisco Giants. Uh, uh, yep, yep. yep. Um, That's why I like to differentiate the New York football Giants. Yeah, New York football Giants. Uh, the San Fran 49ers are a uh, three-point dog in this game. Uh, Over-unders at 52. Uh, I don't know who's starting this game. I'd assume it would be Garoppolo again. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything no. about it, but I'd imagine Garoppolo I feel starting. like they would have made a bigger deal if it was like, hey, Nick Mullins is going to start until we figured, like, um, until he gets hurt or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I am taking the Rams. I think this line is a little horrendous. Um I, I think the line should be more around six to seven for the Rams. The Rams have played very good football, um, and 49, the 49ers aren't the same team they were last year. No, um, I'm going with the 49ers here. A little bit in the interest of switching things up. Yep. A little bit in the uh, just my thought process that the 49ers, even though they don't look like the same team as they did last year, they're still, even with the injuries, a similar personnel-wise, to the team that almost won the Super Bowl last year. I'm going with the Niners to kind of get right uh, after a horrible loss last week. I'm taking the Niners over the Rams on Sunday night. Kansas City at Buffalo. Um, both occurred their first loss of the year last week. Kansas City's a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Buffalo. 57-and-a-half-point over-under. Um, I don't even want to think about that over-under because I don't – I suck at over-unders. If anyone cares, I'm very terrible at over-unders. So I'm not even going to think about it. Four and a half points. Money line, who are you taking? Uh, I think I kind of talked about it when we highlighted this game. I'm going with the Chiefs here for a big bounce-back week. Without Sammy Watkins, but I think guys like Mecole Hardman are going to step up. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road. Do you happen to know what the temperature in Buffalo is? It can't be high. I'd, I'd say because it's if around, it's like 45 here, it's got to be at least similar in Buffalo right now. Uh, it is 45 degrees right now on Sunday. It will be uh, 61 and cloudy, so it's going to warm up a little bit. I'm th- I'm going to take the Chiefs because of it. If if they were playing in f- 50 or below, I'd take the Bills. Yeah, but I don't know. I there's I really like Josh Allen, and I really like that team. Stephon Diggs has been playing well. That defense is really good. Despite what you saw on Monday night uh, or Tuesday night, was it? Who played on Tuesday? Oh, they played the Titans on Tuesday. All right. Despite what you saw on Tuesday, their defense is really good. I just don't see Kansas City losing two in a row, so I'm going to go Chiefs here. Uh, last game of the week, uh, Dallas is hosting Arizona. Arizona is a one point favorite on the road, 55 and 55 over under. Um, 
This over-under I will talk about because I've bet Dallas unders the past two weeks because I am an idiot. An absolute idiot. Who bets unders when that defense is on the field? Yeah, worst defense in the league. Yeah, so take the over in this game. Arizona, one-point favorite. I'm going to take Dallas. Really? Okay. I'm riding with the Red Rocket. I'm, I'm going Arizona here for that reason. Only having a week to kind of switch gears into the starting role. also think Arizona is going to put up a lot of numbers on that Dallas defense. And I don't think Dalton's going to be able to keep up. Okay. Um, that's it for the Moneyline picks. Um, we got some we got some discrepancies. A couple, two, three. Well, I think four of the, them. The same every week. Four or five differences. And it'll, it'll, we'll see how it plays out in the final score of, of the week. Um, but yeah, that's money line picks. We're gonna move on to the greatest sport on asphalt, NASCAR. Yeah, everybody's favorite racing sport, uh, fastest sport in the world. Uh, I mean, you know, Indian Formula One, they go a hell of a lot faster. So you're wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, immediately fastest, upon saying it. Fastest sport that only competes in America, or does Indy only compete in America? No, I think Indy's. Uh, inter- I think they're international. I'd assume so. Everybody's favorite fast sport, NASCAR. Everybody's favorite fastest sport in America that uses Toyota Camrys. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. Uh, NASCAR, my guy Chase Elliott wins at the Charlotte Roval. You call that, right? I did call that. Okay. This past Sunday, it's his second win in a row. I think he's won six road course races in a row in the Cup Series. Wait, second win in a row? I thought Denny Hamlin won last week. I meant at the Roval, his second win in a row at the Roval. Okay. Um, so he's kind of the road course king of the series currently. That rounds out the round of 12. Used round a little too much there. The round of eight starts this week it. at Kansas. I appreciate that, Phil. So the eight drivers set in the last round before the championship race. We have Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., Alex Bowman, and Kurt Busch. Now, okay, let me tell you something. Not watching NASCAR a whole lot these past couple years. If you told me to pick eight eight drivers who would be in the round of eight at the end of the season, I think I probably could have picked six out of eight. Yeah, I, I would have missed on Truex Jr. and Bowman. Yeah, surprising not seeing Kyle Busch make it, uh, but that's just the way his season's gone. Hasn't won a race after winning the championship last year. Uh, we'll see if he can get it done in these last four races. So this uh, round of eight or last section, if you will, they go Kansas mile and a half mile and a half track, Texas mile and a half track, and then Martinsville, which is a short track, shortest in the series. So a little little different. Um, there's no road course, no super speedway. The speedways, which are Doesn't the mile and a well half. For Elliot. I mean, he races well on long tracks, but like yeah, Elliot should do well on. Uh, the mile and a half. And actually, I just read a stat when I was getting ready for this. He's been on a little bit of a top 10 run at Martinsville. So he might bit. not win at Martinsville. Uh, I think that'll probably be Truex or Keslowski, just because they're both past success on short tracks. But I think Elliott's setting himself up pretty decently to make the championship race. I think the final four is going to be the current top four, which is Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keslowski, and Elliott. But if I had to switch it up, I'd say Elliott passes Keselowski and Truex gets in with a win at Martinsville. 
Uh, just for just for fun here, I'm going to pick my top four as well. Um, I'm going Harvick and Hamlin. I'm going Logano, and I'm going Kurt Busch. Really? Yeah. Okay, so, taking, so you're taking one, two, five, and eight to make it in. Yep. I'm going chalk just because the way NASCAR is, you got to be hot to make it this yeah. far. And if you're the top four at this point, you're riding pretty hot. True, 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 true. Um, so we got those three races in the three races or four races in the round of eight. I forgot. Uh, three in the round of eight, and then one final four, and then they go to Phoenix, Phoenix. winner take all. All right, uh, that concludes NASCAR for the week. Um, speaking of the week, locks of the week is up next. We got three locks. Uh, I haven't been keeping track of my locks because I guarantee once again I lost last week in my locks. I'm not sure. I I, I could be wrong. Um, but I think I probably lost. But I'm going to start it out hot this week um, with my SEC team, Tennessee. I think they cover the six-and-a-half-point favorite spread against Kentucky. Um, Kentucky played Mississippi State last week, and they won 16-2. to Yeah, tough game for the yeah. over. Yeah, very tough game for the over because I had the over and Mississippi State covering. Um, so, so putting up two Tough game, putting up two points. I've decided also, uh, updates on betting last week. Uh, I went two and six on overs in the early half of the games in the NFL. And I went one and two in the late half on the under in the NFL. So I will not be betting every single game ever again because I was just blindly throwing money at my bookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, had a terrible Saturday afternoon. So I probably won't be betting. I'll probably bet one or two late games for uh, college football. I do way better in the first half of the day. What happens is I get good in the first half of the day. I win probably five out of seven or six out of nine or whatever it is. I win my bets in the early half. And I'm like, oh, I just got more money for my wins. I'll bet it all in the second half of the day. And then I end up either zero or negative of what I started with. So I will be betting very little late games. I am going to bet Tennessee minus six and a half, Kentucky. I like it. My first lock of the week, Bama, Georgia, over 58 and a half. Now, what mm, scares me about this that game. That is very intriguing. What scares me about this game is that it very realistically could be like 23 to seven for a it final. It could very realistically be 13 to seven. Like, if it doesn't hit, I think it's going to be a mile away from hitting. Yeah. But while I like the over in this game, obviously Bama gave up 45 last week and put up 63 of their own. And what I, well, the reason I like the over here is kind of what I talked about earlier, not having Saban to make those in-game adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's not the D coordinator, but you know he's running the defense. I think that's going to be big for Georgia to get offense going in the second half. I like the over 58 and a half. I like your explanation. I'm not sure if I'd bet with that pick, but you guys should because it's a lock. Um, right, of course, if yeah. you're in a state where gambling is legal. Yeah. These are all just hypothetical yeah. picks we're making. Completely hypothetical. We don't bet. Uh, we don't lose $100 every week from betting. No, it's impossible. Um, my second lock is um, up on the big board right now. We write all our NFL games on the big board. Uh, Detroit minus three at Jacksonville. I think Kenny Galladay brings a whole nother aspect to this offensive. They've kind of been missing. Um, So I'm going Detroit minus three at Jacksonville. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. My second lock of the week, 
I'm going Atlanta, Minnesota over 54 and a half. Apparently, I like points this week. I guess so. Um, I think Atlanta, like I said, is going to come out with a spark, kind of have a fire lit underneath them from Dan Quinn getting fired. Minnesota's defense has been lacking this year, but they've been able to put up some points in a lot of games. I'm going over 54 and a half. All right, like I said, I do like that pick. Um, I was kind of teetering on the fence, but the more I've thought about it, the more I think the over is going to hit. Um, I think it'll be like a 30-27, 33-30 game, somewhere around there. Um, my third lock of the week, uh, I know I told you don't listen to my over-unders, but I also told you listen to my over-under on this one. It's the Dallas game. I will never take a Dallas under ever again. Third lock is over 55 in the Arizona-Dallas game. Dallas is going to get behind early, and it's up to the Red Rocket. If he comes through... We're sitting pretty, and we're getting the over. If he doesn't, we're not. So I'm putting all my trust in that fucker from TCU who beat us in the Rose Bowl to come through and score 22 points. Yeah, that there you go. Yeah. That's what you need him to do. Uh, I don't hate that pick. I like that pick. My last lock of the week, I'm not even going to offer explanation. I'm just going to say what it is. Packers minus one at the Buccaneers. Okay, no, no explanation. That has <laughs> concluded... Episode 26, correct? 26. Of Catching a Buzz. Um, I feel like I should start saying catch-in. Because I feel like I say catching a lot. but there's Yeah, no but we write it as catching. Yeah, because catching is cooler than catching. Yeah, you say you're going hunting. You don't say you're going hunting. Yeah, and you also like... I don't know. I feel like catching is more related to like catching a cold. You don't say you're catching a cold. You're catching a cold, right? No, that makes sense. I actually like that explanation a lot. And colds are negative. We don't want colds. Yeah, we're catching the good stuff, catching the bad. Yeah, we're trying to not catch the... Whatever. Either way, that's the end of episode 26. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back next week for another great episode. Um, Hopefully you do well in the Moneyline picks, as well as our locks of the week. Um, We'll be tweeting some, some picks on tomorrow, Saturday, and... Uh, Sunday as well. We we took the week off a little bit. We both had to recuperate after uh, some very terrible days of betting yeah, last week. Yeah, that that was kind of the elephant in the room. I wasn't sure if we were gonna acknowledge we that will. we both just kind of not even intentionally, but both were just like, eh. We're, we're gonna take a week off from telling people what to bet because it hasn't been going well. Yeah, it was it was kind of a depression state because. I didn't want to bet at all because I had lost so much in the past couple weeks. And Whitey texted me and he goes, so I'm going to take the week off from betting or like tweeting bets or anything like that. And I was like, oh, thank fucking goodness. Because I couldn't handle it anymore. I Sometimes you got a mental reset for a couple days. And I've done that. I lost my Monday night pick and I mental reset. My Monday night pick was, I had a Monday pick money line chargers to beat the saints and once that ball hit the upright on monday night i knew (laughs) phil take three days off don't bet anything so that's what i've been doing yeah Um, four days off really if people have been looking at us as sharps and trying to follow our picks don't do it we're not the pros up like depending on what your unit is probably 20 times your unit right now (laughs) yeah no you've been doing horrible if if you're if you're not betting in a legal state and you got a bookie he's after you he's coming for your kneecaps because you probably can't pay what we've been losing you no but we'll get we'll get back to riding with naf just we just gotta get hot yeah just give her a second 
Um, we'll be back with picks on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, thanks for listening. I hope you tune in next week, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Wow.